Mark wasn't sure when it was that he lost his first wife. She'd been with him through the war, heavily pregnant with their son, answering his letters from the front. In addition, she'd been with him when he was sent home, crippled and useless to the cause. He'd gone to war able-bodied and sound of mind, and returned a broken man, both physically and spiritually. He'd been so broken that he hadn't noticed how hard Diane was trying to save him, how she was trying so hard to breathe life into him that she'd let all the life seep out of her. He'd slipped into a sadness he couldn't explain. He felt like he was at the bottom of a well, trapped without access to the things he could usually do. He couldn't speak to Diane or their little daughter Hannah. He couldn't even stir himself to action, to embrace his wife, to do anything but sprawl out over the bed, growing filthy and fevered. Diane walked in one day holding what he thought was a bundle of rags. Your son, Mark, she said. I thought we could call him Henry, after your father. His bleary eyes could now see that it was an infant, not a bundle of rags. The baby took one fearful, tentative look at Mark and started howling. Hold him, Mark, Diane urged, offering him the squalling baby. Hold your son! The bottom of the well he'd languished in for so long became a volatile volcano. Mark exploded from it, furious. How could I hold my son? he demanded. I only have one hand, Diane, one hand. You need two to hold a baby. She'd yanked the baby away from Mark quickly, putting the sobbing infant to her breast, staring at Mark as if he were a stranger. He realized now that he was a stranger. He'd loved Diane so much, loved the idea of a life with her, and craved the thought of filling their house with children. However, the war had ruined him. It had robbed him of his sanity for a long, long time, and it had robbed him of his left hand. After the episode when he'd refused to take his son, the family moved. Diane thought it was best for Mark to get a fresh start somewhere, far away from the battlefield where he'd been maimed. They sold everything, bought supplies, and went to Texas. Mark still remembered how he'd felt something open up inside of him when he first saw the ranch. It was as if the well he was trapped in had gotten a little less deep, had promised him that maybe he could make it to the surface after all. The ranch land was beautiful. It stretched as far as the eye could see, and Diane spoke quietly beside him, talking about the crops they would plant and the animals they would raise. By then, Henry was a solemn toddler kept under the watchful eye of little Hannah, who was equally as dour. His two young children were so serious, rarely playing. It was strange to hear their laughter, and when the younger Henry chortled, Hannah shushed him as if the sound were forbidden in their family. Working on the ranch, or trying to with his still-healing stump, was both frustrating and therapeutic to Mark. With the last of their money, they bought some horses and cattle. Slowly, Mark started to adapt to his disability, adjusting the way he rode and the way he handled tools. However, just as the light at the end of his tunnel started to grow brighter and brighter, Mark began to realize that Diane's light was growing dimmer and dimmer. He'd been so selfish, so self-involved and self-pitying to not notice it before then. 
Nevertheless, as he began to flourish at that Texas ranch, miles away from the nearest town or newspaper covering the war that had almost killed him, Diane began to wither. It started with a cough, a gruesome, wet hack that robbed her of her breath. She would cover her mouth with a handkerchief as she coughed, and more often than not, it would come away spattered with blood. The children seemed to sense Mark's growing dread, shrinking away if they happened to stumble upon him, trying to remain by their mother's side for as long as possible. They seemed to understand that Diane wouldn't be around forever to protect them from Mark's ravings and raging. In a fit of desperation one day, Mark had written a letter sending for his younger brother, Chet. He'd alienated Chet during his convalescence back east, and it had only been Diane who'd even told Chet they were going west. Now, though, with Diane bedridden and the children wan and anxious, Mark realized he needed Chet's light. 